Hi, and welcome to Porn Academy, an international podcast that combines pop culture and academics. We post a new episode every Monday. The new Dune is out. This is the most recent adaptation of the iconic sci-fi story, written by Frank Herbert, and takes us to the year 10,191, as the noble house of Atreides, with the heir Paul Atreides, are thrust into a war for the desert planet Arrakis and the resource that it produces, the spice. The entire intergalactic civilization relies on the production of spice, which means that rival powers will attempt to monopolize it. In the deserts of Arrakis live the indigenous Fremen and the sandworms that roam the ocean of sand. The end result of the movie takes sci-fi to new heights. There's something happening to me. There's something awakening in my mind. I can't control it. What did you see? There's a crusade coming. Do you often dream things that happen just as you dream them? Yes. The test is simple. Remove your hand from the box and you die. What's in the box? Pain. You inherit too much power. You have proven you can rule yourself. Now you must learn to rule others. Something none of your ancestors learned. My father rules an entire planet. He's losing it. He's getting a richer one. He'll lose that one too. Arrakis is a death trap. An animal caught in a trap will gnaw off its own leg to escape. What will you do? I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Hi, Outrer. Hey, Gil. Let me catch my breath. <laughs> okay. I watched this movie a week ago, time of recording, a week ago. Mm-hmm. I was mesmerized. Yes. Stupefied. Yes. I watched it last night and I had a religious experience. A religious experience. So, so we wanted to explore where does this movie stand in the direction of cinema in the past, let's say, 20 years, 10, 20 years. This is quite a, an immersive experience mm-hmm. that I don't remember ever having uh, in a theater. No, I thought it was great. There's this rule, show, don't tell, mm-hmm. where you do storytelling. Yeah. I thought this was done really well in this film, uh, that there was actually very little exposition, yeah. but uh, you understood a lot of the uh, relationships and things more on a, in a kind of emotional level because they just showed you also the inner life of these people and sort of their their inner conflicts and what they were going through and it was just very well done very immersive very immersive and and you haven't read the the book and i have read the book once i really really enjoyed Mm -hmm. it but it was like five six years ago i don't remember all the details like Mm -hmm. for me about about the story about the showing like maybe like the 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 recipe for this is like first of all it's very realistic 
mm-hmm. it looks and feels you know you could contrast that to other sci-fi movies that have all this cgi and stuff no this everything looks basic and real like the clothes and the sets it looks like old and ancient and not super futuristic you know, you have also the sound. So you have the images and you have, you know, Hans Zimmer on the sound. So you have that. And then there's the journey of uh, the, the hero, Paul Atreides, that you basically go with him, go along with him to discover something as the world is being built around him. Like, just showing, not telling. Mm-hmm. I knew from the cues, from what they were showing, I was like, ah, right, 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 this is this guy and that and that, but... I could sense that you didn't have to know the backstory in order to follow what was going on because it's like the story itself was just like so simple and tight yeah. and just like let the whole other, you know, uh, ways and methods of storytelling to envelop you. Also, you need to have like top-notch acting, which this movie yeah. has. I think like this is re- this recipe like this is what I want to go outside my house and watch in a theater. This kind of movie. Yes, it's big. It's, <laughs> it's a big experience. I I have not read uh, the books. I have seen the David Lynch version right. from 1984, and uh, I watched it not precisely when it came out, but pretty shortly thereafter. And uh, I I remember it from back then. I uh, I watched it like I guess I was home alone and just as a kid and it made a big impression on me hmm. i've rewatched it twice and you know it the, the it becomes less less awesome yes. <laughs> a beginning is a very delicate time know then that it is the year 10191 in this time the most precious substance in the universe is the spice melange the spice extends life The spice exists on only one planet in the entire universe. The planet is Arrakis, also known as Dune. You are about to enter a world where the unexpected... Many dangers exist on Arrakis. The unknown and incredible secret has been kept on this planet. And the unbelievable means... I see two great houses. Where kingdoms are built on Earth that moves. We have worm sign the likes of which even God has never seen. And skies are filled with fire. The prophecy which will cleanse the universe and bring us out of darkness. Where a young warrior is called upon to free his people. A world that holds creation's greatest treasure. He who controls the spice controls the universe. And greatest terrors. A world where the mighty... This is genocide. The deliberate and systematic destruction of all life on Arrakis. The mad. And the magical Father, the sleeper has awakened will have their final battle. Long live the fighters! 
but still like it has a it has this weird kind of dreamy atmosphere which this one also has in a totally different way uh, uh but it sets them both apart from other sci-fi films i think because it's so much also about like the the interior life of these people yeah i wonder how much of a sci-fi movie this is like it falls in the you know category of sci-fi because it's set in the future and it's futuristic but like the vibe that you feel in the movie it's uh doesn't feel uh you know super sci-fi-ish like can we compare it to 2001 space odyssey by stanley kubrick which is by the way the act the director uh dune's director uh, denis villeneuve uh, mm-hmm. canadian guy that's like his favorite movie and is, this is like you know where he aspires to be so it's oh. set in space but it's you know it could have well uh, might as as well have been like a you know a fictional historical uh tale mm-hmm. with magic let's say mm-hmm. with worms yeah. or something it's also it's the film that Star Wars kind of wants to be, but wow. isn't. They should all do you know do Harakiri or something. All the producers and writers yeah. of Dune. This is this is you know the same planet, Tatooine. <laughs> yeah, but here it it works and uh, yeah, it does feel really uh, really realistic in a way that uh, Star Wars for me never succeeds uh, at. And Star Wars could have worked for me. I, I also remember seeing that for the first time when I was, like, I don't know, like six or something, like at an age where I should be really easily influenced by this, but it just never really uh, worked for me. Yeah. And this totally does. But it worked for a lot of people, you know, the the first uh, Star I'm Wars. I'm aware. Oh, yeah. I, I'm <laughs> have you heard? probably it's triggering a, a bunch, uh, bunch of listeners here. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's no, for me it just doesn't. It has uh, been quite successful. <laughs> it has been, yeah. yeah but the I've last uh, few... Okay, so this is a labor of love. So I've watched like mm. several, you know, YouTube uh, interviews with uh, Mr. Uh, Villeneuve. This is like was his favorite book uh, growing up. Always dreamed since he was thirteen of doing this movie, and you could just like feel the love for everything. And we can contrast that to Star Wars. We can contrast that to Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And even in terms of the simplicity of the story, I remember watching the first season of Game of Thrones prior to reading the books. And it was difficult to understand everything that was going on. And who's who and the names. Here, mm. I find it, uh, you know, it's not simplistic. It's just like concise storytelling. It's like uh, another of uh, Villeneuve's uh, movies, uh, Sicario. Have you watched uh, Sicario, the drug police thriller? No, you should. No, it's a good movie. Also, a very like, simple, bare story within the genre and just like immersive in its in its own way. I don't want to spoil it, but uh, also a very good movie. Nothing will make sense to your American ears. But in the end, you will understand. Spotter vehicle, left lane. Spotter vehicle, 9 o'clock. Get your weapon out. what happens when they dig in. This is it. Gotta be careful on these people. CIA is not supposed to work this side of the fence. I just want to know what I'm getting into. They will not survive here. You use me as bait. Please! 
saw things you shouldn't have seen. I'm gonna tell everyone what you did. That would be a major mistake. Now Batman is coming out. And James Bond. And like the new Marvel. Now just like everything looks silly now. I'm I'm not at all excited about any of those movies coming out. But I'm not really into those kind like Batman doesn't really do much for me. Now this is different. It's uh Maybe it's the internationality of it, like where the story is set. Yeah. Well the the cast is also uh, very good and kind of um uh, international at least where you put it side by side with uh, the 1984 cast which is like five shades whiter <laughs> than <laughs> than this cast and there's a lot of actors in here that i really like wow some like timothy chamelay man oscar or whatever he needs to win he just like basically carries this movie even though he doesn't have to because all the others are also doing a great job but he's super intense yeah i i really like that uh, uh oscar isaac actor who's mm, the dad yeah. i like javier bardem wow he every like he had like seven scenes and they all blew me away yeah just like the way he holds his head he, <laughs> I said, wow, he, he, wow. Oh. he played so well i also really liked uh once again uh stellan skarsgård oh, and oh. now right now he's yeah. the best actor to say kill them all <laughs> like in every film he does that and then you think oh shit <laughs> right oh, yeah and he can have a very long career of doing these uh, kinds of parts yeah 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 just he's playing the super super evil dude yeah. uh, and he's doing it and and once again he's kind of a scandinavian at least to me like harkonnen sounds finnish to me there's a what's the name of the finnish uh, formula guy play driver Markkonen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Harkonnen, Markkonen. Right. Hmm. Yeah. What about uh, Arrakis, Iraq? Ah. And oh, Atreides sounds kind of Greek uh, to me. I don't know okay. if, if, if that was intentional. But uh, but if we're uh, stepping into the real world, you want to step into the Middle East, mm-hmm. want to step into you know Islam, Christianity, mm-hmm. Judaism, mm-hmm. pick your poison. I, I, but I like that uh, the uh, bunch of the names they remind me of different uh, European uh, names. Like one of the mentors is called Peter de Vries. <laughs> What's up with that, right? <laughs> I mean, the the setting is sometimes so close to home that I'm kind of wondering how they how they're gonna do that because in the original material in the 1984 film they talk about. A crusade and a jihad and so on. I've, I wonder if those words <laughs> are going to be used in, in future episodes because they weren't in this one. Right, but they are in the trailer. So I just now like listen to watch the trailer just, you know, to, you know, Get hype pumped. myself up. <laughs> and they say uh, there's a crusade yeah. oh, okay. coming. And they do say in the movie, uh, they use twice, I think, the word witness. Mm. Which is like uh, Shahid, mm. mm-hmm. and the praying looks very Islamic. Yes, like the praying yeah. that they do, and the setting also yeah. obviously looks uh, very Islamic. Yeah, the deserts with an, an expensive resource, <laughs> which colonizers uh, are seeking to extract. Uh, this reminds me a little bit of. Uh, yes. And you are like the indigenous uh, people of the desert, 
who know how to survive. Mm-hmm. But uh, Paul, he's a kind of Jesus. No, that's not very... I don't think he's Muhammad. Is he? Mm-hmm. Maybe Muhammad, actually. Right, uniting the Fremen. What am I talking? He's Muhammad. Ah. Uniting all the, all the Arab, whatever, tribes. Yeah. All the tribes living there under one person. Also, also because it is kind of uh, forced on him through revelations. That's more Muhammad-like than Jesus-like. Right. And also he dies before uh, it conquers uh, the entire you know, world slash universe. Mm. Because Paul doesn't, he doesn't become like you know, King Jesus or something no. at the end, at the end. Also a lot of uh, Hebrew. Judaism uh, stuff like the Bene Gesserit and so on Ken Bene Gishrit not Gishrit the daughters of Gishrit whatever it's like a Gesher bridge like a bridge Kvitzat Aderach Aderach Kvitzat Aderach yeah like the jumping of the way oh that's what it means okay so this is like all like you know it plays on something that even if you don't understand just like the whole thing uh, feels ancient and it didn't feel uh, islamophobic uh, at all no no they're the heroes aren't they yeah a uh, young man is uh, I- inducted into a, a death cult uh, to fight uh, holy war <laughs> the outsiders ravage our land their cruelty to my people is all I've known. The future of House Atreides. You have to be ready. There is no call we do not answer. There is no faith that we betray. They're not human, they're brutal. What if I'm not dead? Now you're gonna arm uh, the religious folks (laughs) in order to fight uh, someone else. Yeah, I guess... uh, I guess I can find some similarities somewhere. And also romanticizing the Bedouins, mm-hmm. right? Fremen, free men. Mm-hmm. They are the free men. Mm. But, there are, but also, to be fair, the Muslims also did that. So, you know. Mm. And then there's, like, there is the white, guy, the white savior trope there. Yeah. But I guess because of the diverse cast, and I was kind of annoyed by the, some of, of the discussion around Look how this cast is diverse. There is, and I was like, like they changed this man to this woman uh, to, to become a black woman, whatever. And I, it's good to you know create new kinds of characters that we're just like not used to seeing. It's just like basic storytelling. Mm-hmm. It's good to have new characters that have like a different voice and a different feel. Mm-hmm. Why do I need to have another fifty-year-old white guy? They're just like being not only just like the same shade of white, but, you know, the same energy or whatever. Now give me something else. Mm -hmm. So this is just, it works seamlessly. It doesn't feel forced like, you know, like an Asian uh, superhero and now a black uh, superhero and, you know, like a corporate, corporate product. No, it worked for me. I I had no problem with, uh, with the diversity of the cast. I I enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, there's the, there is the white savior uh, thing still. Paul Atreides is going to be a better Fremen than any of the Fremen, <laughs> and that's the white fantasy, right? Yeah, well, like I understand uh, this criticism completely. The thing is, is that if you want to tell the story of like uh, an exotic uh, culture, then you have to tell the story from an outsider who doesn't know that culture. So you you are discovering with him. Mm-hmm. 
what they're up you know what they're up to and you can identify with someone who looks like you and doesn't look like the other group so it it doesn't have to be like, like here it's not it, it doesn't burden you no. that fact i don't know it's some kind as you said like it's pushed on him it's not safe for you here i must not fear fear is the mind killer no! the fear is gone This is the will of uh, Shaykh Hulud and Allah. Mm-hmm. What did you think about the, the science stuff, like all the machinery, the shields, the genetic engineering? Yeah, very cool. Very nicely done. Uh, the, uh, the effects are uh, pretty subtle, I thought. Yeah, uh, economical, very economical. No, it's nicely done. It seems really hard... for filmmakers to make uh, a culture uh, sort of consistent and believable. Like this is very difficult, even in like uh, Lord of the Rings or something. Like uh, it sometimes yeah. seems a little forced. Like, uh, oh, the elves are, uh, you know, uh, Jugendstil. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it feels a little like uh, people have been working in the workshop to make it all consistently look Jugendstil. And like the styling of, for example, the Atreides family looks really natural to me. Yeah. Like just totally believable. Uh. Okay, let's, uh, let's go with that. Let's compare, let's compare this movie to other big movies. So like you mentioned The Lord of the Rings. I think it puts The Lord of the Rings uh, in the rearview mirror in terms of... Uh, cinema that stands up the test of time like the lord of the rings is very very over dramatic yes uh, a lot of scenes like oh, oh he's gonna die now no he's gonna die now no he's gonna die now nobody dies yeah. so it's kind of like one note and i just don't want to watch it anymore just don't want to watch it anymore i watched uh the return of the king uh last week oh, again okay how was yeah. it Uh, well it's it parts are good but it's uh, like you say and especially in the return of the king like the last 20 minutes it's just please wrap it up there's like the wedding and then ah, the, the okay. boat yeah. sailing west and uh, uh, you know of the ghosts helping that's also was stupid yeah it's it, it's so drawn out and uh, yeah. But I, I guess your question is also, is this Dune serial going to be a cinematic event in the same way that Lord of the Rings was? And that we still have to see, because yeah. I, I do remember the excitement at the time and queuing up at the cinema and people being dressed up and, and whatever. Is that going to happen here? We'll, we have to see. Uh, I don't think it will be the same event uh, commercially, mm-hmm. but in terms of cinema... This movie, Dune, is, for me, obviously better than any of the three Lord of the Rings. I think mm-hmm. it's better, if you compare it to other uh, big movies, better than Inception. Mm-hmm. I think it's better than uh, Fury Road, Mad Max, which I loved. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the Dark Knight. I don't know, I think it stands up to, I think it's better than The Dark Knight. 
I think it's just like I can't think of any movie in that genre or similar genre that I that I can say it's better than this one except maybe we'll have to see interstellar maybe because it's so emotional and you're nodding uh, in agreement. yeah I'm sorry yeah yeah I agree can you think of any movie I, I guess I guess we're still waiting like the, the emotional part I think we can only say when we get the payoff like there's I did feel like they were I mean they're obviously holding off on some things and I felt for example like one complaint was that they were really cock blocking me on the worm footage like that's still obviously there's more of that coming and now and now I was a little like mm, I want to see more in the desert I must say that I I've thought about it and I had uh, discussions about it and the desert wasn't as strong like didn't feel very hot I don't know like they would say why are you out at this time of day and I'm like I'm out always <laughs> in, the, in the sun that looks basically just like this sun like it was too orangey I don't know maybe for Europeans it looked like like super super hot I don't know but for me I was like I didn't understand no I wanted to be just to be whiter and I wanted to feel to feel the like when they were drinking it's like, oh let's drink I, I didn't even think yeah. about it yeah yeah I agree yeah that they can make it feel more parched like you could they could make it so that you feel more like oh shit get get into the cave or whatever else yeah yeah a friend yeah, of yeah. mine uh, uh, brought up uh, Lawrence of Arabia the desert there yeah yeah right right yes give me that kind of desert that yeah good call yeah that's it it has been compared to that like uh, space Lawrence of Arabia yeah yeah, he's also the, the liberator from outside. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that I was really curious about before uh, watching the movie was like how they're going to put in all kind of, I don't know, I'm going to call them time bends. Like, like in, the, in the narrative of, of, of the book, you have inserted parts that slowly you understand that are written from the future from after this period writing back about what uh, Paul Atreides is going to become, going to do, things that are going to happen. It's like inserted inside and in this kind of time loop feel and like a sense of inevitability is right there mm -hmm. because this is uh, like, you know, such an important part uh, of the story. And his dreams of looking, uh, seeing things in the future that sometimes, you know, uh, happen exactly like that and sometimes not. Sometimes mm. uh, they change, and I think he did that very, very, very well. That you feel like you like he he's heading somewhere, and he can't stop it. You mean that uh, there's a kind of predestination in in Paul's uh, storyline, but it is being reported looking back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's and, uh, the and format. Because the that's that helps uh, in, in that sense. The uh, the exposition in the 1984 version kind of helps because they have um, in that version there's the, the woman speaking at the beginning, talking about how in this time the spice is the most precious resource in the universe, and you can kind of tell that it's placed in a kind of historical setting from the perspective of the t telling of the story. Mm, like they're right. recounting events right and in this world there are no more computers because of some you know AI revolt or whatever so or some calamity 
Hi, my name is Denis Villeneuve. I'm the director of Dune, and this is Note on a Scene. The test is simple. Remove your hand from the box, and you die. It's no box. Pain. So this is a very iconic scene taken out of the book. Paul Atreides, the hero of the book, will go through some very specific test called the gum jabbar. And it's a test that is designed to see if his humanity will overcome his animal impulses. Defiance in the eyes, like his father. Leave us. I deeply love the idea to start a, a sci-fi movie in a library. I think that, that the counterpoint of it is, is kind of beautiful. Why a library? It says a lot of things about Dune's world. There's no computers in this world. In Dune's world, AI has been banned. There's no more artificial intelligence. It's, uh, Dune is about the triumph of the human spirit. Patrice Vermette designed an insane amount of beautiful carpets in order to bring the idea of ancient culture. Uh, you have to look it up. I saw a featurette with uh, the director, uh, Denis Villeneuve, I think he did for Variety, for Variety, breaking down this scene. Uh, and like watching this, I felt like gave me approval to gave me approval to have enjoyed <laughs> the movie as much as I have because I was like blown away by the way he described the scene and the the details and just like the vision that he had in every single shot. As you can see, the chairs are are, are be designed. So the Reverend Mother looks almost like a chess figure. I asked Greg Fraser, the cinematographer, to bring a level of darkness in the scene that will feel almost like you are like uh, having a nightmare. And it's exactly what I had in mind when I read the book at 14 years old. Contrasting with uh, Inception and Interstellar, you don't have to work that hard to understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. It's more like Dunkirk or something. Mm. Yeah. It's like a simple story. And now let's feel as if we're there. Please, Mr. Director, tell us how you, how you see this. Yeah, good call, uh, the Dunkirk. Uh, it also, like I recently rewatched uh, 1917. Ah, really? Okay. Yeah. How was it in the second time? Uh, Uh, very good, very good. And uh, it's also like, uh, it's just a film that just sucks you in into the experience. Right. Like, they don't have to explain what's happening. It's just, here we go, 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 go. Right. And, But uh, here it's, it's like, it's, it's yeah. more impressive because you have to, there's a lot of exposition or, or world building mm. that you have to insert. So they manage yeah. to just like, keep the story very, very simple. You know, World War One, whatever, we know. <laughs> yeah. Germans yeah, over yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> We're okay. here. World War II, yeah. Germans over there. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, shout out also to uh, sound design, I thought. Like some of the sounds are just also made it super epic. Uh, kind of things that make it sound like it's on a really big scale. Like the, for example, when they have the sand pounder things and they kind of go and like in a way that just makes it sound really deep uh, it's very well done yeah. I think the problem with convoluted stories that you have to condense into two hours and a half is that upon re it's not only upon rewatching that you understand more layers upon rewatching you see more plot holes because it's really hard oh. to, to make that stick and, and hold up if you condense it so much so this is why it's such an advantage to have the story you know stand up but not be just too complex be simple and direct and then mm. 
the overall cinematic experience. This is what cinema has, not mm-hmm. like the personal journey. No, this like a personal journey. Let me watch at home, just like m- myself. Mm-hmm. Like, did you watch mm-hmm. uh, scenes uh, of a marriage? No, I loved it. It's very well done. Very well done. Oscar Isaac, Jessica Chastain. We're going to sit here and we're going to talk as long as it takes, okay? But there's nothing left to say. What is this? What is this thing where we can't talk? This is a place. Do you know how long I've wanted to leave? I'm going to go out of my mind if I don't leave right now. Right now? Like right this second? If I don't leave right now, I know I'm never going to. How long did you think that we could go on like that? Like what? You are so busy. You didn't even notice. What, what What? did I not notice? That we were living without any passion. I realize everything that you've despised me for. Somebody else would love me for exactly the same thing. I, this is like uh, something that you have to watch by yourself. If you're in a couple, you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna have tension <laughs> after the episode. <laughs> right, you did this, oh, you did that <laughs> with your friends or whatever or family. No, it's like too awkward and depressing. Mm-hmm. So just like one person <laughs> has to watch it. Huh. June, uh-huh. I want to watch with a lot of other people. Yeah, to have the experience, the same experience at the same time. The feudalism is so interesting. There's no like a space federation or or stuff like right. that. There's families, and families get assigned planets as a fief, and they're just like they're dukes and barons, and uh, that's really cool. And you know, depressing that in the year ten thousand one hundred ninety-one, <laughs> we're back to feudalism, but it's nicely done. But are the Atreides just nice? They they also, in the first shots where they get assigned the task and there's sort of this reception, it looks like, it looks a little fashy mm. <laughs> with all the banners and all the shouting, Atreides! Mm. Maybe another reason that it's done today and it works today because of uh, the climate crisis and the uh, desert, maybe people being more, uh, I don't know, interested in... Uh, water shortages and scarcity of resources yeah Yeah, the the ecological side to the story has always been seen as important with uh, the the terraformation and the water shortages and these water deposits that can be unlocked and uh, yeah i'm a little bothered as a biologist though about how can this whole system sustain itself like what what do the worms eat they're kind of big boys. Like, what do they? How can they sustain themselves? Maybe there's, uh, you know, something that they eat inside the sand, the minerals no. of the sand. I mean, like sometimes, like you see a person fall into the mouth, you think, well, that's this is not going to cut <laughs> it. Not not, they can't live off of that. <laughs> maybe, maybe they're getting. Maybe it's like plankton. Like they're getting something out of right. Uh, yeah, they're more like be- those, those teeth are more like bel- baleens. What's that? Like with uh, the the big whales that scoop up uh, plankton. Ah, uh, right. It's not like chewing teeth. No, no, no. They're more like filtering. Uh, that's also different yes. in the design of the creatures. Like in the 1984 film, they look more like uh, 
those parasites that uh, latch onto fish, mm. um, and they have like a kind of these these mouths that fold open in three directions, which is modeled on uh, on different organisms than than the the current worms. Mm. Is it possible that there is uh, water underneath? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think that's the thinking also with uh, other planets that had water or have water that is kind of under the surface. You could tell already that this film is is a, a big cultural success. Uh, so part two is going to be awesome and it's going to be very well funded. I kind yes. of expect. And just like thinking about thinking of all you know teenagers that will grow up on these two movies as being the most iconic, this seems to me is to be better, like more fertile ground than growing up on the Avengers. Sure. Yeah. Here, you know, it's like all the senses are involved. Uh -huh. No cutting corners. Uh -huh. No, like ah. Or just like working too hard to put in, uh, you know, all the Easter eggs and uh, stuff that are, you know, they're cute. Yeah. But this is not art or storytelling. Yeah. He's a storyteller, uh, the, the director, and he just like, feels different. Okay, uh, what do we have coming up, Autrin? For now, in the short term, that's going to be Vikings in Vikings in movies. In movies, an episode about the wars in Yugoslavia in the 90s. Blues music uh, on film. We're gonna wrap it up. Sure. Okay. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you. Bye. We'll see you all next time. Bye bye.